Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. There's a lot to talk about, and it's heart-disturbing. It's heartbreaking to see what's going on in Ukraine. The stories, the photographs, the, um, the accounts, 900 more people, 900 more bodies found in the Kyiv region. And today we hear that there's been missile strikes in that particular area of Ukraine near the capital city, also near um, Lviv on the Polish border. As the Russians, I'm gathering here, are trying to make a point because their Black Sea Fleet warship flagship was sunk by Ukraine missiles. And we'll be talking to Vice Admiral Mark Norman about that a little later on. That particular warship, if you haven't heard this, many of you have, most of you probably have, that particular warship is the one that threatened the Ukraine border guards on what is known as Snake Island, and they told the warship and its crew what they could do, and then the ship opened up on them, and I would imagine that particular ship has been uh, the target of the Ukraine military since that particular time, so that ship has sunk. Alexander Sherba is the former Ukraine ambassador to Austria. He was also an ambassador at large for Ukraine. His book is Ukraine versus Darkness, Undiplomatic Thoughts. Ambassador, thank you for coming back on the program. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. What is your understanding of what has happened and what is going on in Ukraine now with the Russians um, engaging in missile strikes on Kyiv, on Kyiv rather, on Kharkiv, and also on Lviv. What what do you know that's going on, sir? Well, it's uh, the situation is uh, the same as a week and two weeks ago. Uh, Russians can't win face to face; they are losing this war on the battlefield, so they are. Uh, Choosing the safe, choosing the safe tactic of you know uh, firing uh, missiles from afar, destroying uh, our uh, cities, homes, uh, uh, taking it out on civilians. Um, so this is the the most disgusting you know military tactic one could could imagine. Uh, but this is what's going on, especially in the last couple of days, of course, ever since. Uh, we uh, hit that uh, uh, warship in uh, uh, Black Sea. That's the, it it um, got tougher since then. Yeah. There's no uh, question in your mind, I imagine, that at the very least it's uh, war crimes that are being committed and more than likely, and uh, President Biden used the word genocide, that word applies. Uh, well, if you look at uh, the uh, small uh, Kiev suburb Bucha, where uh, practically all uh, male uh, civilians in the town from the age of 16 to 60 uh, were slaughtered, uh, it's the only word uh, that, uh, that would come to mind. And uh, seeing all the atrocities uh, across the country, uh, killing civilians, uh, raping women, uh, looting, uh, I don't know, just, just uh, uh, as President Zelensky said uh, in his uh, United Nations address, there is not a single uh, crime, uh, apparently, that they didn't commit uh, in Bucha. And for what? 
against whom? Against Ukrainians who just want to be a part of Ukraine. And this is like that uh, all over the country, uh, from uh, east uh, to south. Uh, uh, also, we have very, very explicit uh, confirmation uh, of uh, Putin's tactic and of Russian tactic in form of uh, articles that get published in their central media where uh, they openly speak about Ukraine, Ukraine's collective guilt towards Russia and uh, uh, that Ukraine is in need of collective punishment. So it is genocide. Yeah, when you then see what the West is doing, what Western nations are doing, including our country, Canada, uh, providing ammunition, providing weaponry, but uh, you need more than that. What's what's your response? What's your message to the governments of the West? Is it the same as it's been since the beginning, Ambassador? We need a no-fly zone. We need uh, we we need you to cover the skies for us so we can do our our business on the ground. Well, people don't talk about no-fly zone anymore because it's obvious that uh, the NATO countries are not that brave. Um, uh, but uh, other than that, we are immensely grateful for the help that we are receiving from the West, including your country. Uh, just the problem is sometimes, I, as I spoke to one of my colleagues in the government recently, and he said, you know what, um, we act like a country at war and we decide like a country of war. They are not at war. And they decide like country, like countries not at war, uh, meaning lots of bureaucracy, lots of procrastination. Uh, I'm not talking about Canada right now, but uh, when I'm looking at Germany, a country that is very, very close to me, it's just sad how, uh, because of all this procrastination, uh, not only Ukraine is getting killed, but uh, Germany's reputation is getting killed. Europe's reputation is getting killed. So there is so much at stake here. And um, Ukraine, uh, I think, is winning this war. Uh, at least it's not losing. I cannot say the same about Europe, unfortunately. Yeah, we spoke last hour about the situation with Germany and how Germany is shutting down its nuclear plants but seems quite pleased to uh, continue to buy massive amounts of natural gas from Putin and signed a, a, a very large contract with Putin just before the invasion of Ukraine. Um, and and Europe really and you're correct. Europe has some issues to uh, to resolve, and uh, it's not certainly not helping their reputation at all. Here's a question for you: How long can the Ukraine military hold out alone, even if they're much better equipped? How, how much longer can they can your military hold out? Uh, well, it's a tricky question. Uh, I uh, I think indefinitely because uh, because uh, we are killing much more uh, Russians than they are, they are killing Ukrainians, because we are much more motivated than they are. Uh, of course, uh, if we get uh, the necessary equipment as soon as possible, then uh, Putin will get a feeling, uh, inevitably will get a feeling that uh, he would, uh, he would uh, be losing this war, and then it would be additional pressure uh, on him to really uh, start serious negotiations and not what, what what has been going on until now. And that would be uh, uh, the moment when uh, diplomacy again would have a chance and peace would again would have a chance. 
uh, and it would be a very clear sign uh, uh, that this happens if uh, Putin calls Macron and not the other way around. But about Ukrainian army, the resilience about Ukrainians and Ukrainian army, there, there is much talk uh, on Russian TV right now about, you know, uh, how we can just throw one bomb and solve solve this whole question, as as, as they uh, put it, um, uh, meaning uh, the nuclear option. So so they just nuke Ukraine. Uh, but uh, quite frankly, uh, people, people it, it makes the situation ten, more tense in Ukraine. But even then, just it will will make only more obvious the truth. Uh, and the truth is that uh, the only uh, option and the only way for Russia to conquer Ukraine is to kill Ukraine, to kill all Ukrainians, because nobody wants uh, Russia there. He, ha- he doesn't have any collaborators. He ha- doesn't have any spirit uh, in favor of him, even at uh, um, you know, 5 or 10% of population. So I hope that um, once Ukraine starts kicking out uh, Russians from our territory, um, it's, uh, the tables will turn. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 